A songwriter named Robbie Folks wrote a song titled, God Isn't Real. And to get us rolling today, I want to share with you some of the lyrics from Robbie's song. A world filled with wonder, a cold, fathomless sky. A man's life so meager, he can but wonder why. He cries out to heaven, it's truth to reveal. The answer only silence, for God isn't real. Go ask the starving millions under Stalin's cruel reign. Go ask the child with cancer who eases her pain. Then go to your churches, if that's how you feel. But don't ask me to follow, for God isn't real. Robbie doesn't have a lot of hope in his life, does he? That's pretty sad lyric. But if we're honest, have any of you ever asked yourself the question that Robbie's asking? If God is so good, and if God is ruler over all the world, then why is there evil still present? Have you ever asked that? Why do bad things still happen? I mean, if God brought his kingdom, why is this stuff still going on? I hope that today in the parable that we're going to look at, maybe Jesus helps to answer that question. Matthew wrote his gospel to let his readers know very specifically that when Jesus came, when he came from heaven to earth, that he brought the kingdom of God with him. That wherever Jesus is, the kingdom of God is there too. In Matthew chapter 1, he was very um, adamant to let you know the lineage of Jesus. He wanted you to see that Jesus did in fact come from the line of King David, that Jesus was the rightful heir to David's throne. Jesus is the greater king. In chapter 2, Jesus was worshipped as king by the Magi, the wise men that came to visit him after his birth. In chapter 3, John the Baptist comes on the scene and announces, preparing the way for Jesus, that uh, the, in fact the kingdom of God is at hand. In chapters 4 through 12... Matthew shows Jesus revealing the power of his kingdom through miracles, through his teachings, through healing of people. And then in our chapter, this chapter 13, Jesus is teaching the people, the crowds, the parables of the kingdom. Jesus wanted these people to know the nature of his kingdom, the kind of king he was. It was different than what everyone was expecting. And today we turn our attention to the parable of the weeds. Your Bible might say the parable of the weeds and the wheat. So look with me in verse 24, Matthew 13, starting in verse 24. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go gather the weeds? He said, no, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Can we pray real quick? Father, thank you for your word. Teach us what it says. Give us the knowledge that we don't know so that we will know. 
Help us to interpret it correctly. Amen. Now, this is an interesting parable. The crowd there that day, if you remember from last week, was a mixture of people. It was a mixture of Jesus' followers and also some people that were still curious, but they weren't sure. They were kind of on the fence. Maybe they wanted to follow him, maybe not. But also, even some of the Pharisees and the scribes, that group of people that a chapter earlier in chapter 12, they were already starting to meet to try to make plans of how they could destroy Jesus and eventually kill him. Can you imagine what those guys were thinking when Jesus tells this? Last week, the the parable was just kind of, you know, seeds here and soil here, and there was four different types of hearts that we talked about. Hey, this is still really boomy, Jimmer, if you can fix that for me. Um, But this week, just two different types. You got weeds and you got wheat, and, and something's getting burnt. Okay, so... I wonder if God was starting to prick some of the hearts of the people there, starting to wonder, who who is he talking about? Who is he talking about? Jesus, after this, would go on to tell a couple more parables to the the crowd. We're going to talk about that next week, so we're going to skip ahead. But then then he leaves and goes back to the house, and the disciples asked Jesus. They were wondering also, hey, why don't you explain to us the parable of the weeds? Look with me at verse 36. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then... The righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So thankfully, this confusing parable to some, Jesus explains for us. And and he does a really great job. He says, number one, the field is what? It's the world. I think this is important. I want you to know this story is not a story about this um, local church body that has Christians in it, but also non-Christians and trying to root out. It's not, he says, the, no, the field is the world, the whole world. Jesus is king of the entire world. That's his, his area of reign, everything. And he says, in this field, in this world, there are two different types of seed. The son of man, who he says is me, Jesus, sows the good seed. And he says, the good seed are the sons of the kingdom. Those with a fruitful heart from last week. Okay, those who, they had heard the message of the kingdom, they had a soft enough heart, their heart was good soil, and they received the message of the kingdom. That's the sons of the kingdom. Those who are submitting to the reign and rule of the true king of the kingdom, which is who? Jesus. The enemy, he says, is Satan, the devil, and he sows the weeds. And who are the weeds? The weeds are the sons of He says, of the evil one, the sons of the devil. Now, this idea of 
the sons of the devil is not new to Scripture at this point. In fact, if we go all the way back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis chapter 3, that fateful day when Adam and Eve would decide that they would rather be like God than let God be God, they listened to that serpent, they rejected Jesus and his, his message to them of saying, let me be in charge of all things, and they decided to let sin enter the world. If you will choose to, you can actually go through the entire Old Testament and organize it by the seeds of the woman and the seeds of the serpent and follow along with the people who eventually accepted God as father, became part of God's family, or those who rejected God and became people that were enemies of God throughout the entire Old Testament and didn't end well for them. Okay, Jesus also talked in another place about the sons of the devil. I don't know if I put this back there, but in John chapter 8, if you want, you can turn to there. John chapter 8, verse 39. This time, when Jesus talks about sons of the devil, he's actually speaking about to someone saying, you are. <laughs> he's not just talking about someone who doesn't happen to be in the house. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 39. He's talking to a group of Pharisees. And they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing works that Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You were doing the works of your father did. They said to him, uh, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It's because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. So Jesus says the weeds are all those who will not repent. They are all those who will not follow Jesus. They are actually children of the devil. So, for the time being, in God's kingdom, two different types of people exist at the same time. Children of God and children of the devil. Wheat and weeds. And that's actually the answer to the question that we began with. If God is over all the universe and if God is good, why does evil exist? And the answer is that, this parable says, Jesus actually allows it. Which begins the second question, right? If God is holy and hates sin and can't be around it, why would he allow evil to be present in his kingdom at this time? The answer is this. He allows it for our benefit. Look at verse 27 in Matthew 13. Back to the parable. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? 
He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Do you want us to go and gather them? Listen to what he said. But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers to gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. The answer is this. If Jesus were to bring judgment right now, if Jesus were to say today is judgment day, he's saying the truth is there are people that he has marked for salvation that would never receive it. There are people that have a chance to hear the good news of Christ, but if he came today, they would never get that chance and they would eternally be separated from God. Think of it this way. What if Jesus called judgment day the day before you got saved? That's what he's saying. He's doing this for our benefit. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. 2 Peter says it this way. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish. Not wishing that any should perish but that all should reach repentance. God doesn't allow evil in the world just because he wants us to suffer for our sin. He's allowing it because he's patient. He's waiting so someone like me, a weed, a sinner, someone lost in all my own pride would have the chance to hear the message of the kingdom, the gospel news, and receive it so that I could have eternal life with him. He's being patient for someone like you if you know Christ to have the opportunity to hear the message of the kingdom and receive it and accept it and move forward like Jesus is king of your life. Yes, evil is being permitted in the kingdom for now. Look at what Jesus has to say about the end of evil in verse 39, second half of 39. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. The end is coming, okay? The second coming of Jesus, judgment day, that final day, it is coming where he will put an end to all evil, he says. And on that day, there will only be two groups of people, children of God and children of the evil one, wheat and weeds, those who have accepted Jesus' righteousness as their own and those who have continued to reject Jesus as king. That's it. The only criteria that will be asked that day. Won't matter if you were rich or poor, good looking or ugly, athletic or clumsy, successful or a failure as a business person. Won't matter. The question will be are you a child of God? Jesus is being as patient as he can be, as patient as the Father will allow him to be, so that as many as possible 
will come to know him. God doesn't want people to go to hell. God doesn't want people to suffer in eternity without him. So what's this parable saying to us today? If you are a child of God, this is for you. If you're a Christian, if you are the good seed, or if you are the wheat, two things this parable says to you. Number one, there is hope. The end of evil is coming. There are going to be bad times. But God is saying, don't be overwhelmed with all the evil and the awfulness that happens in the world because there's hope. Jesus would say it this way. In this world, there will be trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. Amen? The lyric that I read at the beginning was a lyric of no hope whatsoever. Matt Redman, actually the guy that wrote that song we just sang, The Heart of Worship, he wrote a song called One Day. He took one of my favorite old hymns and he added some, some verses to it, the beginning of it. This is what it says. I want to read you some of those lyrics. One day... You'll make everything new. One day you'll bind every wound. The former things shall all pass away. No more tears. One day you'll make sense of it all. One day every question resolved. Every anxious thought left behind. No more fear. When we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. Amen? Amen. Number one, Christian, there is hope. Don't be distraught. Our Father has overcome the world, and we're on the right side. Number two, Christian, hear this. It is not our job to judge. It is not our job to go out and root up the weeds. If our Father wants as many to come to salvation as possible, shouldn't we want that? Have we forgotten that we were once a weed? I hesitate to say anything about this, but there was this event scheduled for this weekend in Claremont. A church, I forget the name of the church, some Baptist church. And this event was called Make America Straight Again. And I looked at their website, and this is one of the things their website says. So we are a church that holds to the ways of practice and worship set forth by Scripture. Well, that's a bunch of um, you, you know what. Because, because if they had read the Scripture, they would hear Jesus saying some pretty scary things about people that acted like they are acting. Our job is not judgment of non-believers. Our job is loving everyone like our Father does. If you know Jesus, if you know you've been rescued, if you know that you were once a weed and now you're a wheat, why in the world would you ever wish hell and judgment on anyone? That, that blows my mind. In Luke chapter 9, James and John, the disciples of Jesus, they had to be taught this lesson. I'll read it to you if you want to turn, you can turn, but if you don't, just write it down. Luke 9, verse 51. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him. 
who went and entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Now, this is interesting to me. Luke is writing this. He wasn't there, so he got this, you know, from uh, another source. And I've got to think, this is just me speculating now, okay, that this was a time where Jesus really let some of these disciples have it. And when whoever it was that told Luke this, he was kind of like, um, yo, I said this, and then Jesus rebuked us, and then we went on to another town. Because he did not want to bring up everything that just got happened. This was a butt whooping, and, 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 and they, they, they were trying to forget about it. This was like one of the hard lessons the disciples had to learn, because they thought they were saying something good. Ooh, ooh, God, uh, they're against us. You want me to call down fire from heaven and consume them all? And Jesus said, uh, excuse me? Have you, ever, have you ever had your kid, especially in front of other people, say something, and they're talking about stuff that's completely opposite of everything you've ever taught them? <laughs> and, and, they just, and they won't stop. And they're like, really going on? And you just want to say, shut up. <laughs> I feel like that's what happened here. Jesus has been walking with these guys, trying to teach them about his kingdom, the nature of his kingdom, and then they all of a sudden want to just blow everybody up that was against them. And Jesus was like, shut up. <laughs> Haven't you been listening? My kingdom is a kingdom of love. I came to rescue those people. God sent Jonah to a place that he hated the people. He said, go to Nineveh. Jonah said, no, I hate them. I wish you would burn up the whole town. <laughs> what happened to him? He spent three nights in the belly of a fish. And guess what? He still ended up going to Nineveh. God loves everybody. Everybody. Please don't ever be someone on social media that I see you saying something bad about someone who doesn't know the Lord. Love them. Love everybody. Wish that no one would perish. That's what a child of God does. So that's the message to you, Christian. Now to you, non-Christian. Because I don't believe that everybody in here happens to come every Sunday has already made that decision to make Jesus king. Just like the crowd there at the seaside, there were still people on the fence. And if that's you, if you're currently rejecting Jesus as king, if you're still part of the weeds, if you are in fact on your way to eternal separation from God, I want you to listen to me. Here's what this parable has to say to you. It doesn't have to be that way. Everyone was born into this world headed down the path that you're on. There's not one person that was born righteous. Not one person deserves heaven, even if you know a neighbor that's told you that they do. They're wrong. Just like there was a day when any child of God was transformed from being a weed into being wheat, from being a child of the devil to being a child of God, today could be that day for you. It's not a lottery. You don't have to hope it happens. You don't have to wait for me to say your name. All you got to do is decide that God is the only Savior that you have. All you got to do is decide that the path you're on is not the path you need to be on. 
And the only way to get to the path of eternal life with God is to accept Jesus' act on the cross, taking your place, receiving his righteousness as your own. It's a free gift. Some people will say to say a prayer is fine. I think the prayer of salvation is a very humble prayer. It's probably simple. Something like, God, I want to be your child. I want to be your child. I want you to be my father. Jesus, I want to make you the king of my heart. Please rescue me from my sin. Today could be your day. Now, I said last week, I don't, I'm not going to tell you to say something and find out, you know, that something magical has happened or anything like that, but I know it's just a decision that you've got to make because I made that in my own life at one point, and from that time forward, I haven't been perfect, but I know that God has made me a different human being. That's, that's my testimony. Just different because the king is different. I used to be the king. Now he's the king. Life looks different, but so does my eternity. I don't deserve heaven. I'm not righteous, but he is, and he's given me the gift of his righteousness so I can have heaven. That's the same with everyone. So Melvin's going to come back up, and we're going to sing a song because I think that something like this deserves for you to, to say, i got to make a decision today. I either got to decide to continue rejecting the message of the king or i got to receive his message of the gospel and receive it so that I can have eternal life with him in heaven. Today could be the day that from this day on, you will know that on the final day, you will be gathered into the master's barn and shine like the sun in the kingdom of your father. So as they play a song, I don't know what I want you to do. But if you're still not a child of God, if you're on the fence, man, I'd bow my head and say that prayer. You want to come talk to someone, that's fine. You're not coming to talk to anyone that's uh, the king. You're just coming to talk to someone else who's already part of the family. Sid's here, pastor, we got overseers, whatever's going to happen. But I would ask you, why not make today the day that you change completely the destiny of your eternity and follow the one true king of the kingdom? Can we pray, Father, you alone are God. You have given us your word, not because you want to tell us what to do, but because you want to give us the freedom of knowing the message of the kingdom, the gospel, the good news that will rescue us from our sin and death and give us eternal life in you. Father, I pray that you would do work in the lives of people today, right now. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Amen.